The official Richard Kaysen countdown to spring is on. 70 days until winter is over and things warm up as we ease into, honestly, what has to be the final months of slow Taliban pretending to be the president of the United States. It's your 40-something X-Rock DJ, America's babysitter, the gold standard, the world's greatest of them all. Radio personality on the award-winning Richard Kaysen Radio Network at 1-800-959-5366. Your official COVID-19-113-16 headquarters. That's the latest version of COVID that's out there. But there's a virus worse than COVID. It's way worse than COVID. It's Democrat liberalism. As you, the American people, quite honestly, continue to confuse me, enrage me at times, and ultimately disappoint me. To ride out the storm of war, and to outlive the menace of tyranny, if necessary, for years, if necessary, alone. We shall not flag or fail. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender! We are at war. Did you hear Biden declare war on the American people? You didn't hear this? We are in a battle for the soul of America. Yeah. It's not coming. It's not on the way. It's not around the corner. It's right here. It's right now. And it's being fought in in a different way. It's being fought in satire, a few comedy club stages, on socialist media, on our mobile devices, in the electoral process, on talk radio. And this is what really gets me about this whole thing. We are still getting our asses handed to us, served like a roasted pig with an apple in its mouth. The only difference is the apple's located anatomically somewhere else. But I, you know, folks, if push comes to shove, you know, in the streets, in an old lady's backyard, pick a place. I'm done. I'm done with it. Biden, you made me change my music. It really ups when I makes me change the whole flow of the show. I got to play something that is a little more inspiring than, you know, our usual (laughs) stroll down. We're going to have fun lane. No, there's... How did you celebrate 1-6, January 6th, young Jared, the producer of the Richard Kaysen Radio Network? By the way, he'll be uh, wrapping up the show in our final segment this week, and you said that you're not prepared for that? Nope, I am going to wing it. I I gave you a (laughs) heads up, I gave you plenty of time, and you're going to wing it. Yeah, I had a game last night, I didn't really have time to 
prep, and then today had a Blues game to watch. Mm-hmm. Didn't really have time to prep it either, or prep for it. So I thought, hey, I wing my halftime reports for the games. I can wing this. Okay. Well, you got four minutes. Uh, I hope you had a happy January 6th. Uh, what are your thoughts? Let me just put you on the spot and make you feel really uncomfortable. What are your thoughts on the events of last year, of January 6th? What do you think that was? Uh, it wasn't a terrorist attack. Mm-hmm. It wasn't people touring. Mm-hmm. I guess you could say they were, but... They didn't purchase tour tickets. <laughs> they didn't swing by the Capitol gift shop. To, <laughs> they did not do to that. Pick up a. Instead, American they flag. swung by Nancy Pelosi's office. <laughs> it was somewhere between, <laughs> somewhere between a tour and a terrorist act. But I'm not going to put it on the spectrum. Okay. Um, did you do anything special for January 6th? Did you celebrate it? Did you commemorate it at all? No, I. I'm pretty sure I worked. And then I think I prepped for my basketball game I had in the next two days. I just sat there, though. Didn't really watch news because I don't do that kind of thing. Well, after watch I, sports, though. <laughs> after I got done watching the bogus January 6th coverage, I commemorated January 6th. I actually uh, burned an effigy of Joe Biden that I made. And, uh, and as it was starting to catch on fire, I beat it with a broom like they did Mussolini's body after <laughs> he'd been... Anyway, <laughs> what about Christmas lights, Jared? Think it's time for them to come down? Oh, yeah. Because yep. this is January the 9th as we record this, and I was just driving up here, and it's like, okay, I get it. People like Christmas. Let, let's make every day Christmas. I get it, but... <laughs> what I don't understand is I'm usually one to leave them up. We actually didn't put any up this year, but on the in-house decorations, my wife had those down by January 3rd, which I was surprised by. Usually she wants to keep them up until February. Uh, But, like, it's past Christmas now. You can keep them up if you want, but why turn them on? Well, that's okay because anytime you go to the store now between February 14th, now it's Valentine's. (laughs) That's right. That's right. They... Overnight, these stalkers and these retail people, they change out a store, they get their planogram, and they switch it out from from Christmas to Valentine's Day overnight. Everything's red. Everything is heart-shaped now. And, you know, it's okay if things come up where if you can't hit Thanksgiving dinner, things happen. Um, during Christmas, families are far-flung. Sometimes you don't get to everybody and people understand you miss valentine's day oh yeah if you forget that day that the greeting card companies invented to make men feel guilty <laughs> about a day that they may end up forgetting then you you might as well be the devil himself that's right you don't care <laughs> you are a piece of slime you couldn't even remember a 5 dollar russell stover's sampler <laughs> You cheap piece of filth, get out of my life. So, I'm sorry, I, I was having a flashback there. I think that was 2009 that I was uh, reliving right there. In that. Um, I actually probably should have mentioned the Christmas lights before this, but hey, who's listening? Um, did you hear that Jingle Bells is racist? I did not. Yeah, it sure is. I. It's sad, but... I did some some research into this, and I actually discovered that it's true. 
you know how these things are always oh this is racist and mm-hmm. that's racist well according to my research it's 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 true and what it was is and i don't want to offend anybody um, and I'm trying to keep this as light as I can because the whole rest of this show is just going to be me like a, a science fair volcano just bubbling over. <laughs> so let's keep it light while we can. But I did my research into this, and it turns out that Jingle Bells does, in fact, have a, a racist uh, beginning. And how it started was, um, again, this is just what I read. You know what a minstrel show is, right? No. This is when white people would, they used to perform in what they call blackface. Oh. And and how they did this, they would burn a piece of cork, and they would burn it, and then when it turned black, they smudged it all over their face to give that complexion. Of course, leaving the flesh-colored circle around their mouth for the offensive stereotype of a black person with abnormally large lips. So... They would perform this on stage, but it wasn't Jingle Bells. It was Jingle Chains. And it, and it was like a chorus line of, of these people, of, of these white people dressed up as blacks, and they would have a ball and chain around them, and they would pick up, like, on... They would stand on opposite ends of each other, and they would have, like, the, the big lead ball or steel ball at the mm-hmm. end of their chain, and they would just toss it back and forth like it was a Broadway production. Jingle chains, jingle chains, you know I got those. Jingle... You didn't hear about this in uh-uh. school? You I know, did not. What kind of school did you go to? <laughs> you didn't hear school. about jingle chains? No. You and your revisionist history at your <laughs> Richard Kaysen at Yahoo.com. Find me on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Richard Kaysen or facebook.com slash Richard Kaysen comedy page. Giving Getter another try now that more people are on board with what that is, having an alternative out there. So find me on Getter at Kaysen Radio. Young Jared and I were just discussing the jingle chains thing which by the way for any of you that have any ounce of history knowledge at all i was making all of that up as i went none of that was true the the jingle chains it's not racist that's just someone who decided to uh whine and complain about something yet as we're talking about it off the air young jared's flashing me gang signs with his white pale bony fingers (laughs) over here I ask him how how many months in front of a mirror did you practice spelling out blood with your here do it again for the not that you can it doesn't translate to radio at all but here five six okay it took him six seconds to fold his fingers into the we'll take a picture of it for the Instagram page at pictured case and young Jared what else can never mind <laughs> now I have to crack my knuckles. <laughs> I was about to ask that loaded question. What else can you do with you? But I, I, <laughs> never mind. Just never mind at all. Hey, instead, let's go to this. Some of these uh, whacked out headlines. Actually, this is a more of a normal one, at least by comparison. Leading British schools will not be accepting male to female applicants. Huh. 
You, you got to be a regular or, or a regular. Uh, what do they want to be called? Biological male or a biological female. Is someone downstairs? I just felt a pipe or something underneath my feet. Uh, maybe in the ceiling. It's possible somebody might be in the recording room. It's directly underneath us. All right. I didn't feel or hear a door, but I do have headphones on, so. You didn't feel that? Mm-mm. Oh. Felt like someone slammed a door or... Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm hearing stuff. Maybe I'm feeling stuff. Um, in 2022 alone, no, no, this is just New Year's weekend alone. In Chicago, according to WLS, 31 people were shot during New Year's weekend and six fatalities, according to the Big 89. Music Radio WLS. That was our miniature Sweet Home Chicago segment. We would do a full one, but... A lot of stuff to get to. The world's oldest living person had a birthday. Hey, happy they, birthday. They turned 119. Apparently has yet to get COVID. Lucky hey. them. Even though COVID is worse than lice, mono, AIDS, the flu, and psoriasis combined, we still have people almost living to 120 years old. So some lucky people are uh, still out there. And according to this... Biden will deliver his State of the Union address on March the 1st. March 1st. Traditionally, in, it's in late January, but March 1st. I'm thinking he's going to do it in March 1st because mathematically, he'll be between like 65 and 80% disapproval. And at that <laughs> point, he's going to take, well, I got everything accomplished and... 13 months that no other president could do. So I'm going to hand it over to Kamala, and then we get to we get to hear this. Introducing the challenger from Uganda, weighing 408 pounds, Kamala. You're going to fritz out the headphones again. But Biden's still got a couple of months of horrible polling to survive, such as this. We're going to go down this list of polls, and then we're going to give you the average. So uh, here's a Reuters poll just from – this is a one-day poll. They sampled 1,000 people. 51% uh, disapproval of Biden just in a one-day poll. Here's a two-day poll from Rasmussen. They sampled 1,500 people. 58% disapproval. Here's one from The Economist and YouGov. Another two-day poll from January 2nd to January 4th. So this is fresh data. They polled 1,201 people. What an arbitrary number. 51% disapproval. Here's a USA Today poll from December 27th to December 30th. They sampled 1,000 people. 54% disapprove of slow Biden and his his uh, current performance here. How about Trafalgar? Another two-day poll from, uh, no, I'm sorry, that was a three-day poll. December 18th to December 21st, 56% disapproval. And it goes on and on and on. And they take all these polls, they tally them up, and when they add up, you know, add them all up to get the average. Biden's disapproval currently stands at 54.6% disapproval. 
11 months on the job. So that's why I'm thinking. Are they counting everybody or just the fake votes? (laughs) Well, this is just people that they've sampled in the past few days. Oh. And I guess they, I guess his polling was at a certain place and then they uh, poll people later. Well, now what do you think now? And it, it keeps going low well the approval goes lower the disapproval which is the number i'm watching keeps going up because mm-hmm. when that disapproval number keeps going up the democrats are putting more and more distance between him and them and the, I, I honestly july if he's still the president they're insane yeah because he'll be at 95 percent disapproval oh we're gonna ride this out the whole term you're out of your mind. It's suicide. How to get Trump back in office. 2024, right? Right? That's when he's running again? Mm-hmm. Well, there's all those conspiracies out there. There's there's the running for Congress in Florida conspiracy. And then, see, a lot of people don't understand that, oh, just uh, have him run for Speaker of the House. You don't run for Speaker of the House. You have to be an elected congressperson in a district and you have to have some standing for a while um you have to be in the leadership and you have to go through the ranks and people either retire or die and then you move up and he doesn't have the time for that he wouldn't settle for that he he got jobbed out of his term and honestly i think that if they if they were to impeach him they should that is impeach Biden, what they should do is they should hold like an emergency presidential midterm Mm -hmm. so that we can just reelect Trump. He finishes out Biden's term and then he gets to finish out the other four year term that we elected him to. So in other words, he would get six years, but Hey, they stole it. That's what they get. They get what they get. I got three dates for you to think about as we go to break here. January 30th, 2020, November 3rd, 2020, and January 6th, 2021. What is the significance of those dates? January 30th, 2020, first confirmed case of COVID in this country. November 3rd, 2020, stolen election. January 6th, 2021, false flag Operations. So what is November 7th, 2022? I'll tell you in a minute. The Richard Case and Radio Network. And I'm <laughs> just, Young Jared. That just sounds pompous. <laughs> At 1-800-959-5366. 1-800-959-5366. I asked you a question going into the break, folks. Any chance you remember that question? I asked you, what is November 7th, 2022? It is our absolute final chance at getting something done through the electoral system. Because if we don't do it this fall, nothing's going to get solved at the ballot box. Because the ballot box 
has been stuffed. The system has been corrupted. Federal leadership has been compromised. So if you think through all of that, we're just going to be able to keep going through the system, see what that gets you. Disappointment at best, tyranny at the worst. The system that you and I believe in, one governed by the rule of law, that's being vaporized, just gone. In the next few years, that system, if we allow things to continue at the rate they're at, it's not going to exist. Because over these past 50 years, the system governed by the rule of law has become a system governed by the rule of feelings, the rule of childishness, the rule of ignorance, the rule of immaturity, the rule of irresponsibility. And when these same feelings are broadcast to the masses, this childishness, this immaturity, the irresponsibility, the ignorance... And those sentiments are recycled back into the DNA of how laws are created and enforced in this country. What system is going to save you? So there's two more questions for you. A, how long do you put up with it? And B, is there going to be a convention of the states that goes around Congress and starts getting done what needs to be done? Because from my perspective... We need to dissolve Congress, and we need to dissolve the FBI. And I'm dead serious. I am not being hyperbolic. I am not kidding. Those are the two... You got a bunch of overpaid, insider information, stock trading crooks who are immune, like your Nazi sclerosis of the world, that winch is worth about $50 million based on stock tips that she gets that if you or I were to receive a, such a tip and, and trade on it, that's insider trading. That's illegal. Members of Congress, eh, let them have it. No big deal. So if Congress decides that it doesn't recognize Article 5 of the Constitution... That provides for a convention of the states. What are you going to do? What, are you going to take it to court? Are you willing to abide by the corrupt verdict of a compromised judge who works in a corroded system? Or are you willing to move forward on the decision that a majority of the states make and decide we're going around Congress? Are you willing to stand up to the government when they decide... They might want to use force to implement what they want for us rather than what we want. The great many of you, and this is particularly vexing. Here, let me reach for the coffee here. I wish you had more time to warm up another cup. But the great many of you simply see COVID as the latest public health risk that government is trying to shield us from because that's the government's job to protect us from bad things. Well, in reality, and this is just shooting straight, in reality, COVID is not just a man-made virus. It's, it's what they would call in physical science the fulcrum. This is the foundation of a new way of looking at the news, culture, 
life in this country and on this planet. And it's that fulcrum that has allowed the government to finally pull the big lever of scaring you, keeping you home, confusing you on purpose, constantly changing the standards. It's a constant left-right battle in this country. People claim to be on the right. People claim to be on the left. Most people don't even know where those terms come from, do you know? I don't. Well, just a little bit of a history lesson. Left and right, that was coined during the French Revolution, referring to the uh, seating arrangement in the French legislature. Uh, Those who sat on the left, they opposed the old guard and the monarchy, and they supported the revolution and the uh, secularization of society. And those on the right were supportive of the traditional institutions and things like that. Now, this term left has gone on to be applied to socialism, anarchy, communism, Marxism, all, all the classics. And since then, it's even been applied to a uh, broad range of movements, including the feminist movement, the LGBTQRSTUVWXYZ movement, the anti-war movement, the environmental movement. And we're coming up here on a break, so I'll uh, try to squeeze as much of this in as I can. They really like to attach themselves to the civil rights movement. They really do. But Democrats don't own the civil rights movement at all. If you look back at your history, the House passed the Voting Rights Act of 1965 by a 333 to 85 vote. That was 221 Democrats who voted for it. 61 Democrats voted against it. 112 Republicans voted for that. 24 voted against it. But history... MSNBC and just the garden variety leftist sitting by himself at the end of the bar would have you believe that no Republican ever voted for that. Well, that's wrong. Now, in the Senate, oh, what was that vote? You had uh, 77 yes votes, 19 no votes, four non-voting. So that broke down to 47 Democrat yeses, 17 Democrat noes, four Democrat non-voters, And uh, you only had two Republicans who didn't vote for that. The other 30 in the uh, Senate, they voted for the 1965 Voting Rights Act. Two of those senators were uh, Strom Thurmond, who lived to be 612, and uh, John Tower. So Senate Democrats, they, uh, they needed the Republicans to get that bill passed. If every Republican was against that bill... That would have only been 47 Democratic yes votes, not enough to pass it. People think that this is a line of demarcation when uh, Democrats went left and the Republicans went right. But we'll go to a break, and then when we come back, Dinesh D'Souza explains that a little more clearly.
try sitting like this. A little more relaxed like I would be at the house. Got my legs propped up against the console here and diaphragm isn't affected too much, so getting proper air passage, so I'll just be uh, laid <laughs> as I go through puberty again. <laughs> I'll be laid back, Rick, for a minute, Jared. You better host the show. I don't think my... Nah, never mind. <laughs> again, I remembering where I'm at, I get right up there to that point. Oh, yeah, don't say that. <laughs> Save that for your for your filthy stand-up comedy act. So listen. Oh, I almost spilled that. <laughs> Something filthy almost came out of my mouth if that would have spilled. No, I was telling you about this after the break. Senate Democrats back in the 60s, they needed Republican support to get that civil rights bill passed or it wasn't going to pass. And a lot of people think that that's the line of demarcation where Democrats went left, Republicans went right. But Dinesh D'Souza, as usual, explains things much more accurately. Listen to this, uh, well, I was going to say smart Alec, but he's a smart individual. Listen. Turn it up. Ask number one, when did blacks switch from being Democrats, from being Republicans to being Democrats? The Democratic Party was the party of the Dixiecrats all the way through the 60s. And, and if what you say is true, that the blacks made a switch to their racial friends, it would appear that the black switch would have to come in the 70s and 80s when blacks see these racists are now moving over there, so it makes sense for us to move over here. But in reality, blacks moved overwhelmingly to the Democratic Party in the 1930s. The black vote went from about 15% Democratic to about 70% Democratic within four years. Blacks in the North and the South switched to the Democratic Party because of New Deal benefits. Many of them were very sad about doing it because they were leaving the party of Emancipation and Lincoln and flinging themselves into the, into the party of the Ku Klux Klan and the Dixiecrats who were in the South and were in the Democratic Party. Two scholars who have written a book about this trace that the least racist Southerners all became Republicans. That the, the racist, the poor white racist Democrat never became a Republican. He was a dug-in Democrat to the end of his days. So the Democratic Party remained the party of racism. What I'm getting at is that the progressives have sold the South on a guilt trip. Mm -hmm. Even this whole thing about, you know, the Civil War was really about slavery and the South did slavery. The fight over slavery was between the Democratic Party North and South that protected it and the Republican Party, which only was in the North, that opposed it. That's what that fight was about. The North-South thing is now a disguise to hide the responsibility of a major political party that was the party of slavery for a hundred years. Makes sense. Frances Rice is a retired Army lieutenant colonel, and she's the chairman of the National Black Republican Association. And she wrote that President Johnson, that would be Lyndon Johnson, feared the racist Democrats would again form a third party, such as the short-lived states' rights Democratic Party. In fact, Alabama's Democrat governor, George Wallace, in 1968, started the American Independent Party. I had some friends tell me one time, oh, you're a registered independent? Well, then you're a racist because uh, George Wallace started that party. I'm not in the American Independent Party. I am a registered independent voter free of any party. I vote for whomever, although I lean Republican. But that attracted the American Independent Party. 
That attracted other racist candidates, including Democrat Governor Lester Maddox. Now, here is a quote from LBJ when he was the president. Behind closed doors, Johnson said these Negroes, that was the word he used, they're getting uppity these days. That's a problem for us since they got something now they've never had before. The political pull to back up their uppityness. Now we've got to do something about this. We've got to give them a little something. And I'm going to play something for you here that uh, uh, it, it's within guidelines. It's within regulations. <laughs> Nothing that I would say, but for historical purposes. And, you know, this comes straight from the news. But I want you to hear the cynicism of a Democrat who is clearly a racist himself, but is smart enough to know why push these people away from voting when we can actually use them. And I want you to listen close because I'm probably only going to play this one time. So listen very carefully to what LBJ really thinks about black people. Say, well, you can't have a poll tax. They can say you can't have a gas tax or a cigarette tax or anything else. And federal government's telling the states uh, uh, pretty tough what, what their business is. Now, you can say that they can't discriminate, but I've got to prove that it discriminates. Now, I can't prove it in Texas. There are more niggers voting there than white folks. There are more of them buying poll taxes than white folks. Higher percentage of them. Probably didn't even and I can't it. show that, no. uh, we'll that the literacy test is discriminate against because they haven't got any. They got no test at all. I'm not shocked, Jock, anybody anymore, I'm not that can get up and pay a dollar and six bets can vote. I'm Someone not, who refers to my community as the yeah, blacks? Yeah, we'll get to you in a in a minute there, cue ball. Just relax. That's Ayanna Presley. But, uh, yeah, that was uh, Lyndon Johnson. The quote was um, talking about discrimination down in Texas, but he said, but we got so many biggins down here that uh, are voting, we can't prove discrimination, except he used the word that we substituted. And that's what you heard in that clip. And that just goes to show you that, you know, a Democrat, they will, they don't necessarily have to like you, but if they think they can get a vote out of you, then yeah, come on in. We'd love to have you. going to be taking a break here at the top of the hour for some news and then we'll return at six past the hour for hour number two of the Richard Kaysen Radio Network taking your phone calls at 1-800-959-5366. But folks, the First Amendment comes with responsibility and that responsibility is very simple. Tell the truth. Now expressing an alternative contrary or otherwise opposing opinion that is one thing but knowingly trafficking in lies to cover up lies to cover up lies is something else entirely this is what the democrats and the legacy corporate legacy corporate media have abandoned they've just ditched that responsibility and we'll explore through the rest of this episode just what exactly they're abandoning for the media, why are they doing it? For the media, 
They're doing it for the influence, for the Democrats. They're doing it for the votes. They already have Dominion Voting helping them, cheat by mail, and uh, unregistered voters. That's all their fail-safe. I came across this uh, Facebook. You know how Facebook will remind you of some. You posted this a year ago. Yeah. Sometimes I hate those when it shows me what I posted when I was little. I'm actually glad that this one came up. I posted this January 6th, 2021. If what happened at the Capitol today wasn't a Democrat false flag operation, which we now know that it was, and was in fact real patriots and Trump supporters, well, liberals, that's what you wanted. Here's your fight. So be a badass. Come on. Do it. And it goes on to call other names that I can't go into on the radio in a family-friendly station such as this, on such a family-friendly program as the Richard Kaysen Radio Network, because we, <laughs> we're all about the laughs here when it's all said and done, even if it means me being the butt of things half the time. So the best way to get something done, if you if it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like... Like a little girl's to... hair that I sniff and... Anyway. <sighs> we're going to get a lot done. And if we have to, if there's complete lockdown and chaos as a consequence of the filibuster, then we'll have to go beyond what I'm talking about. After this past Thursday, I have never been more convinced that the January 6th event, and that's all I'm calling it, was absolutely a deep state false flag operation, and the FBI, along with the U.S. Capitol Police, orchestrated the entire thing in order to disqualify President Trump from running for re-election as per the 14th Amendment, which reads, no person shall be a senator or a representative in Congress or elector of president or vice president, so on and so forth, who shall have engaged in insurrection. That's why they keep using that word, because it has a legal meaning. Because that's what they're trying to portray January the 6th as, as an insurrection. Well, then by the same standard, Cori Bush shouldn't even be in Congress. She's calling up radio shows, harassing my help, organized a riot that resulted in the death of a retired St. Louis police captain. She and a few dozen BLMers knocked down the gate to a private community to harass and intimidate residents. In my book, that's a rebellion. That's insurrection. Throw her in jail. I don't care if she's got a husband. I don't care if she's got kids. Throw them all in jail with her. We'll be right back. 